0: Welcome to episode 160 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston.
1: Okay, welcome back to another episode. I think I've decided I'm going to call my summer tip series, um, as seen on Instagram, kind of like the old as seen on TV ads, because my brain's too fried still to think of <laughs> things on my own. So I'm just going to borrow other people's and share them um, so I can take a break from having to think of things this summer. And it's been nice. So, um, Let's see. Callie Knight is over at um, Knight Therapy on Instagram. And this was in her story, so it might not be up there anymore. But she had a little thing that she put where it was like a question box and it was like, say assumptions that you have about me. And um, one person put in there, and I wish I knew who it was <laughs> to call them out, but I guess that's not good. But one person put in there that they assumed that she was too young to be telling anybody what to do and Callie had the best response to it that there might be a lot of things that she doesn't know but what she does know she knows that she knows and she knows that she's an expert on it and Callie is a great expert on all things narrative language and knows mm-hmm. a lot more than a lot of professionals out of out there she's done lots of research on it and so the tip that I wanted to kind of share with that is just the thought of like let's get rid of ageism in general, I feel like, (laughs) and it can go both ways. I think that people think Mm -hmm. that there's an older generation who's not going to know anything about technology, who's not going to be able to do telepractice, and, or there's a younger generation that it's like, oh, they haven't had an experience. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to think that they have anything to teach me that I don't already know. And both ways, it goes in as a detriment to us as a field Mm -hmm. and as professionals and so that would be my tip is just you know take someone's word and you can see their experience for through what they're telling you and you don't need to assume by how old they are or how young they are that they don't have anything to teach you
0: Oh, I agree a hundred percent so when when um, my my grad students think I'm 20 years older than what I actually am I have to tell them that i'm not (laughs) because they make those assumptions but you know my grad students as you know are probably in that 21 22 23 4 you know some are a little bit older but usually those are the ages but working with those students i learn more and more that i adapt and change in terms of what i do so they teach me as they are learning because it makes me think about things differently it makes me approach you know the families and the children we're working with differently sometimes and and they ask questions that maybe i hadn't thought of before uh and and i you know if you have to sort of go into this profession really with an open mind in terms of lifelong learning this Mm -hmm. is beyond just getting your ceus and maintaining licensure in your c's it's beyond that. You have to be yeah. open to learning. And and yeah. those lessons can come from a variety of places um, and people of that are much younger sometimes because their life and their experience is different from yours. Right. And so they have yep. something to share.
1: Yeah. And I think especially with, you know, this younger generation coming out, having done telepractice by force earlier mm-hmm. than any of the rest of, or most of the rest of us have done in our careers, then that's going to be something too, that they've had with them the entire time, their entire right. career. And I think that changes the way they think about therapy and that they think about the things that they're doing. And so I think like just saying, well, I don't have anything to learn from them. I've been a speech therapist longer than they have is a ridiculous assumption.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, these, these, these students laugh at me when I tell them, I remember when, you know, the internet came along (laughs) (laughs) and i remember when cell phones came along and was kind of and they just kind of laugh and stare at me you know because it's always been a part of their lives this kind of technology and so um so yeah they their experience is very different and so i'm always looking to them and 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 frankly a lot of the you know sometimes people get kind of down on the younger generation and um you know what they how they are perceived sometimes and i mm-hmm. this is my opinion, obviously I think we are in good hands in terms of the future because these young women young men that I work with and my grad students are so engaged in so um they're just doing so much more in terms of wanting not only that work-life balance, but also some of the social issues that took me a long time to sort of see and, and experience and do. Yeah. They're already engaged with a lot of those things. And, and it's yeah. just exciting to see them, you know, be active and and do things to to help people and help, help society. So that's my opinion.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: And so who, who do we have on today?
1: Yeah, this would be another as seen on Instagram because <laughs> she is huh? all over on Instagram. But it is um, Amanda Schomburg and she is at Panda Speech on Instagram. And I've been watching her for years and the great things that she puts out about work-life balance. And she's got some great resources. And so she's been on my my list for a while. And we're so glad to have her on the podcast this week.
0: Awesome! Let's hear from Amanda. Hi, it's Todd Houston. I'm a co-host of Telepractice Today with my dear friend, Kim Allen, and I just wanted to take a moment and ask you a favor. You see, we at the 3C Digital Media Network, yes, and I am also the CEO of 3C, as we call it, we need you. We need you to... Maybe develop a webinar that we could distribute for you. Or maybe it's a course that you have in mind that you'd like to share your knowledge and skills. We would want to do that with you. We can help you distribute, produce, and distribute all of those things. We have blogs that you could do. Maybe you want to start in this whole wild world of online publishing and online media, and you want to start with a blog, we would be very happy to host that blog on our website. So if you have some ideas about blogging, or a webinar, or maybe a course that you'd like to offer, or maybe you have an idea for a totally new podcast. You may not know this, but we actually produce five podcasts, And it's growing. And so, who knows? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. We would love to talk to you. In fact, I would love to talk to you. I would love to showcase what you're doing, your knowledge and skills, no matter what it might look like. Course, webinar, podcast, blog, doesn't really matter. You can reach out to me at Todd at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com That's T-O-D-D at the number 3 3C C as in cat digitalmedianetwork.com And I will be in touch. Thank you for considering this. And we'll talk soon.
1: Hey, Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Uh, will you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into speech-language pathology?
2: Yeah, so I actually knew I wanted to be a speech pathologist ever since I was in high school. Um, so I was a peer tutor for our special education class, and I had a student um, that had speech therapy, and one day she asked me to help her in her sessions, so I did, and I just from that moment on, I was like, I want to do that. That's, that's kind of my thing. So, um, I went to college with that major already declared ready to go. So, um, yeah. And then I went during my grad school experience, you know, I would, I, I shared this a lot on my social medias. I was a single mother, um, during grad school and my son was actually diagnosed with, um, autism during my grad school experience. So um, that also shaped my, you know, I wanted to focus on learning to help autistic people, autistic children, um, because I, you know, I was a mother at the time. And so at the the beginning of my um, career, I did a lot of um, therapy with autistic kids and did a lot of autism evaluation. So that's kind of how I started out.
0: That's awesome. So um as as a as a single mother at the time um how how did that diagnosis go and how did um, the interventions go and how's your son now
2: oh my son's great he's going to be a senior in high school and he's oh. like on the varsity tennis team he's in wow. AP classes he's he's phenomenal um but at the time um you know i was just learning about um like i was in my language development classes and mm-hmm. you know that's really how i knew to maybe talk to my doctor because i was learning so much and he wasn't following kind of those natural yeah. uh, like milestones and stuff that so curve, yeah. um yes um now he he didn't speak for a while but when he did it was full on speaking in sentences <laughs> which you know is uh, his common and i and i know that now but um But he knew like facts about animals before he could talk, you know, those things. And then he never played with toys like, you know, in the typical way you would imagine like a a little boy stacking a blocks and knocking them down. He would line them up by shape and color, all those types of (laughs) things. So um, he was just, he was such a fun kid and he, it was, but at the time I wasn't really ready to get an autism evaluation. So at three, he was actually diagnosed with sensory processing disorder Mm -hmm. and we went through OT and we did therapeutic course writing. We did all kinds of stuff. We we had a behavioral um, counselor and a behavioral pediatrician. We had all those things. But finally at seven, we went and had and did the autism diagnosis. So as a single mom, it was really hard, but I did meet my husband and my husband had two young children. So we kind of Brady Bunched our families. (laughs) And honestly. (laughs) people always ask me, you know, what, what was the most effective therapy, um, you know, that your child had? And I said, Mm -hmm. honestly, it was just us, you know, never treating him any different than his siblings. We always put him in Boy Scouts and sports. We, um, you know, he didn't like to wrestle with my husband and his brothers. And so um, he would always kind of like shy away. But so little by little, my husband would try to get him to get involved in the play. Mm -hmm. And eventually he started wanting to play that way. So it was like, you know, he did have those proprioception and vestibular, you know, stuff going on. So it was harder for him, but he Mm -hmm. wanted to be engaged with his brothers. And so I can, I can't tell you what the most effective therapy was for him, but from, from just being a mother, I think it was just us just, you know, letting him explore the world, how he wanted to explore and not like, you know, shutting him off from things, just letting him experience things. And um so now you know like i said he's varsity tennis player he made varsity as a freshman he's very athletic he he can run like half marathons like nothing like he's just an amazing wow. human
0: <laughs>
1: Sometimes <laughs> i think siblings is the best treatment too cuz <laughs> they don't they don't know to treat them any different they don't know that they are any different it's just it's just their brother or their sister and just how they are so i love that Right <laughs> Yeah. So you said early in your career, you worked a lot with kids with autism. What, what have you been doing lately? What's the changes you've made? Well,
2: um, I worked for, you know, this nonprofit clinic where I did a lot of like autism evals and, um, well, I did, you know, you know, at clinics, you kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, but then I decided I I wanted to stay at home in the summers with my kids, like a lot of, um, people do, (laughs) um, Anyway, so I started working for a school district and I uh, stayed there for many years, but um, I actually received the uh, public student loan forgiveness. And once that came through, that's when I said this, you know, this is my sign to start my own private practice. So I opened up up my private practice in 2021. And um, right now I didn't really expect it to go this route, but we have such a shortage of SLPs in our area, like a lot of places. So I have contracts with three big school districts and I've hired four SLPs and a diag and a school psychologist and we're just trying to get it done. We <laughs> I think we've seen 274 kids in our area with wow. just my tiny little practice. Wow. So I do have private patients. Um so I do see private patients. I go to homes and daycares. Um I don't have a brick and mortar nor do I ever want one. I like being a remote therapist. But in the summer I only offer teletherapy. So um, I will go to their schools, their private schools and daycares. But summertime, I'm like, you know, if you want to continue, we do teletherapy in summers.
1: And is that something which I think it's a did you adopt that before 2020? Or is that kind of like, I guess you started your um, practice after 2020. But do you feel like that's something that helped you kind of like know that that's something you could jump into?
2: Absolutely. You know, I always knew there were people doing full time teletherapy, and I was always so intimidated by the thought of it. But then, you mm-hmm. know, when 2020 came and, you know, I, I had to do it, I kind of realized that number one, it wasn't as difficult as I thought it was going to be technology wise, because yeah. as long as you had put the time in to learn the technology, you'll be fine. And number two, some kids really thrive in that setting. And sometimes, mm-hmm. even like for my private patients, Sometimes going from seeing them at their private school to teletherapy, that change in just the setting, it can be really a good boost for engagement too. So, um, but yeah, I, I would credit, you know, the knowledge, the rapid knowledge I gained in it from having to do it. Um, But I'm glad, I'm glad that happened. Just, I mean, I think it's, you know, broadened so many of my skills uh, that I didn't have before or nor did I ever really imagine me doing so.
1: I like that idea of that model. Is thinking about it from the parent side. Um, there's so many things going on in the summer. Like I just got back from camp with my daughter earlier today, and I I would love yeah. that to just be like, okay, no matter where we are, as long as we're in the state that we're <laughs> licensed in and everything, we can hop <laughs> on night. the computer and see that specialist and not have to have it be another thing that I have to put them in the car and drive them to and figure out what to do with right. siblings in the meantime and all of that. So I think. For from a parent perspective too, that that's a great model and a hybrid yeah, model I haven't quite heard of yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, um, you know, I always, when I, my private practice, I wanted to offer home visits, daycare visits, private schools, because I was a mother who had to get my son the speech therapy, um, occupational therapy, uh, therapy to horse riding. And I was working full time and it was almost yeah. impossible. And I would I remember being so exhausted and just crying a lot because it was just too much. There's too much driving, too much time in the car. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to solve that problem for parents with my practice. And then the teletherapy thing came um, because I need a I need a break. And even though it's saving me like 20 minute drive to and from, I needed that for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm still working but it's not, I don't have to get out and fight the traffic. So it's also for my mental health too, to give right. myself a break as well, but continue to serve my my um, clients. So, it, I, and parents love it. Um, my I had a student today at 10 o'clock roll out of bed in their dino PJs. I was like, hey, we can do speech <laughs> in our dino PJs. That's, That's fine. Nice. Cause, but if I, you know, if I was at a clinic, they would have had to get up an hour before, you know, yep. re- you know hustle right. around. So I loved it. It's, it's great.
1: Yeah. So I feel like you mentioned a little bit some of that, like your own mental health. But I feel like the two things that I know you for are the resources you create and the things that you share about work and life balance. So how did that? Absolutely. How did some of that come about the work life balance and what kind of your philosophy and tips that you would share with that? So, I, you
2: know, I. I worked for several places and none of them were really really bad like people had no bad intentions towards me or were trying to take advantage of me but I realized in a lot of situations I was being taken advantage of because of my nature I'm I was a people pleaser I wanted to, I wanted to be the one giving the most effort the first one here the last one to leave I wanted that Perspective. I wanted my bosses to see that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what that ended up doing is people piling more on me because I never complained mm-hmm. and I just always right. got it done. You know, it was so efficient. Um, so, what I always tell people is like, you know, if you're taking work home all the time, if you are um, staying past contract hours all the time, you're going to be getting reports in. You're going to be getting those IEPs or whatever you're doing in on time. So, your boss is going to think, wow, she's got this. And then what tends right. to happen is more being piled on. Yep. In instead of going to them and saying, I'm really drowning, this is really difficult. I've been working at home like five to six hours weekly. Um, if they know that you are putting that much effort in, they're more, more likely not to give it, to, <laughs> pile more on, not saying they won't. But um, right. the other thing is, is I always tell people, respect your personal time. If it's with your family, your friends, your dog, your fish, whatever you have in your personal <laughs> life, that is your time. and mm-hmm don't let your work steal it. Why don't put your uh work email on your phone? Because that as soon as you get that ding that there's a work email, your brain is mm-hmm. out of what you were doing at home. And now you're thinking about work. So I always right. tell people, imagine what a, what a company would do, or a school district would do, if they found out you were stealing their time, it wouldn't be okay, right? You, some people have right. to date, write contracts about, you know, That's not fine. using company time for personal stuff. So it's like we allow these companies and these districts to steal ours. So anyways, I share a lot about that because I was inadvertently taken advantage of in several of my jobs. And um, once I left, I realized it. And Mm -hmm. it, it was shocking. It was shocking to me. I was like, why was I allowing this? Like I was a speech pathologist at a school district where I was the only one. Well, I was so good at technology, they made me the special ed software trainer for the whole district. So any oh new gosh. staff. That was oh my gosh. job. The Medicaid billing. Yeah, I was so good at Medicaid uh, billing. Oh, that's that I had to train everyone on that. Did I get compensation? No. Absolutely no. not. So no, and each the, of those are I, its own yeah. job
1: separately. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I'm
2: like, stop. Stop telling people you're good at things because they will assign you new stuff. Right. Like always hide your special skills. Don't advertise.
1: (laughs) You know, you can help other SLPs, but just don't let those administrators know. That's
0: right.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Well, and so this is one thing that happened to me. One year, our administrators came to us as a special ed team and said, we're going to have all IEP meetings after school gets out because it's just too much for teachers. And that would mean starting at four or three thirty or four. Well, my contract time ended at four and I had to pick up my own children. My husband couldn't, mm-hmm. he didn't get off till five thirty. So I put my foot down and said, sorry, you know, we don't have family in town. I'm the only one to pick up my children. I can't. And I, I didn't even say, I'll see if, what I can do. I what said, I no. Do. And yep. I wasn't fired. And they didn't do it. So, I mean,
1: right, right. right. It's like, you know, if you really want to, you go try and see if you can find someone else. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. If mm-hmm. that really is a deal breaker right. for them.
2: <laughs> I mean, in my employee contract, I know it says other duties as assigned, but it doesn't right. say more time, more time as assigned. Like, mm-hmm. sorry, my contract says four. And yes, there's exceptions to the rule. I'm not saying don't mm-hmm. stay if there's something. It should be. Every once in a while sure. it should not be, you know, regular.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when you left there, did they have to hire three people to replace you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, sadly, my precious school that I was I was there 12 years. So it's five as a contract wow. therapist for that clinic I work for, and then six as a full time district employee. And they've had a different SLP every year since I left <sighs> and it just breaks my heart because that's hard. I man. love the kids out there. Right. You know, but I always have to say it's not my problem anymore. I mean, because yes. you know, I worry about it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. see. Like, yep. I, one of the school board members I know, and I'm always like, "How is all the kids?" Yeah, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But
1: yeah, and uh, contracting with schools has that created like a, a better balance between like you're still we. Um, there's another uh, influencer um, creator that says work with schools, not for them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, so how has that changed that work-life balance for you and your other therapists that work with you?
2: It is wonderful. Um, so I, so we see all of the private schools, kids that have the public school services and we, I also supervise one of their SLPAs. So that means I do all of the ARDS, all the paperwork, so, or, ARD, sorry, ARDS in Texas is IEPs, like IEP meetings. We call them ARD meetings for admission review dismissal. Sorry. I always have to remember to say IEP when I'm doing stuff outside of Texas. <laughs> but anyway, so I walk into the school, do my IEP meeting, and then I'm like, bye, everyone. And, you know, I just walk out or we come in to do therapy and then just leave. And it's so, it's like, a, we my time is so, it's used more efficiently. I don't have those right. mundane tasks yep. that You know, and here's to, here's what I want to tell people. I know you have, some people have to do cafeteria duty, bus duty, but Mm -hmm. really, if you think about your hourly rate, if you calculate your daily rate and your hourly rate, if they want to pay you a professional, that rate to open ketchup, I mean, that's kind of on them too. You know, that's, I mean, if you think about (laughs) it that way, you're like, wait, you're paying this? (laughs) <laughs> when i could be billing medicaid you know and doing all this okay that's yep. you Yep,
1: that's that's, that's a, a good, good point. way to put it too because
2: <laughs> i know i see i some people be like mandy i took your advice and they said no i'm like well just you know cash that check open up ketchups that's fine <laughs> <That'd be
0: easy.
1: laughs> i like take that.
0: it to the bank literally right yeah
1: yeah yeah
2: exactly exactly <laughs>
1: Yeah. So then your resource creation, that's another thing that I think you're known for. Um, Talk about that, how it started, what things you have available for people.
2: Well, it started when I was working at the clinic. I would make my games and my coworkers were like, those are so cool. And so I'd make a set for them. And then somebody said, you should sell these on teachers, pay teachers. I never had heard of that. So I'd look into it and then I just started doing it. And I have over a thousand products. I I specialize in interactive books and um, like no prep packets and toy and game companions. I get super bored in therapy. So that's why I have so many different options because I keep, I like, I like a new thing. You know, my kids in therapy, you know, like those, like, uh, I forgot what movie from like the eighties or not clueless where she never wears the same outfit. Oh right. Yep. Have
1: y'all, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm
0: like,
2: yeah,
1: I don't know. Yeah. Never wears that. the same well, outfit twice. She can't. Right. Yeah.
2: And yes. Yeah, so that's how my speech kids are. I'm like they never do the same craft twice because I make the same craft in 30 themes or whatever. But um <laughs> I also specialize in digital activities like on Boom Learning, Google Slides because during the pandemic, um we all you know, I needed interactive stuff. I, I couldn't just do the boring still things on my mm-hmm. computer screen. So I have over 200 digital activities as well. And I awesome. the really cool thing that I love is I made my interactive books into digital books with all the pieces you can move. move. Um, so that's been, that's, yeah, it's been my
1: favorite thing for teletherapy. Yep. And now you have a physical book too, interactive book that you've published.
2: Yeah. So I, it's, um, so I looked into some publishers and to getting it made, um, and you know, publishers that they do so much of the production and the, marketing that they take such a big cut. And, you know, so I was like, you know, let me look and see what it is, what is all involved in self-publishing. And so I found a manufacturer that specialized in a board board book, and they're actually in Beijing. And of course, mine is really complicated because it has flaps and pieces because it's Mm -hmm. made for, you know, using in speech therapy, but any kid can use it. Anyway, so I found someone who finally got my mission. I designed it, sent it to them. And now it's here, but I have three titles um, two come out in July, but my first one dropped in June and it's, it's been really fun. And I I love seeing now that it's been shipped all over, I love seeing people post pictures of it. Cause it's just, it's, it's just something um, I really wasn't expecting to do with my career, but like I said, I get bored really easily. So I'm like, let's learn how to be a book publisher.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: I've been looking at it. It's so cute. And I love that you have the option of, um, Ordering the extra pictures to go with it, too, because I think that could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to do it with telepractice and like send a copy, it's at a price point, too, that you could easily like send a copy to the school, have a copy of your own or just have the little pieces too. show them with like a doc right. camera or something and have the child on the other side, you know, with an aid manipulating the pieces. So it's it's a really neat idea, and neat concept.
2: Well, that book, I have a boom card book. Uh, so that has all of the same features already oh, awesome. for sale. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because you lift the flap, but instead of lifting it, you slide it
1: over. Slide you it know, over. Cards.
2: Mm-hmm. And then you slide the piece. You find the matching piece for the sentence strip. Exactly the same, but just digital.
1: Awesome.
0: So you just create all your own stuff. I was going to ask what, what other... Uh, resources would you recommend? It's like you have them all you make them all yourself. <laughs> but do you have other websites yeah, um, or that you like?
2: Um, you know, all of those like um interactive uh, websites, you know, um I think it's like Pink Cat Games or is mm-hmm. that is am I thinking yep. 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 Those yeah that one? Yeah. I that those one's are been really good. hmm Well especially kids get you know bored seeing the same thing. So so sometimes you want to um um, little b speech and uh, smarty symbols also have a really nice interactive platforms that are now web-based because they used to just be apps on the ipad and you right. can use those in teletherapy but i could never figure out how to get the kids the um, remote access to work when you're making an app i don't even yeah. know if that ever yeah. became a I, I don't know if it
1: does work at all the, to try mm. and give them access to move things around when it's on from an ipad
2: yeah so i always was like because i had so many apps but when Little B put their articulation station, but like has so many more features, they made that a web-based app. That's I'm such an amazing thing for teletherapy. And then Smarty Symbols, um, they have like Smarty Symbols Academy, and it's all of their apps integrated into a web-based platform. I was like, ah, mm-hmm. yep. you know, I had to have it. So those two things are my other go-to's if I'm not using something I made. Um, I just are. I also love the Biorm Speech Cue Cards. Um, mm-hmm. I those. Even though they're not, um, she does have some boom cards uh, where Mm -hmm. you can pull up the cards on boom. Um, But I really love those for queuing and um, I'm actually authoring two decks for her. So I'm hoping that we can find a way to put those in a digital uh, setting for when I do teletherapy in the summer as well. So I would say those are my big three outside of my own resources.
1: Yeah, I ended up buying her the bigger size of the like core deck that she has with the sound deck. Um, and I feel like that's a lot easier for me to hold up next to my face and in, in the camera and not have to, like, show it on a separate screen. And then you get that big view of you you and your student. So I like those two in that format.
2: Yes, yes. I love the big ones as well. I, of course, I love, you know, using mouth models or, you know, um, there is another company. It might be in the Smarty symbols that have the 3D model where you, the child can look in the mouth. Those are really nice to use in teletherapy as well because i mean i have pretty good lighting um but sometimes you know it's hard for even a kid to see you know when you it's so if you have one of those models that really works really well mm-hmm. That's awesome. i always tell my parents can we get some like playstation headphones for this kid to work with while <laughs> we're doing it it's so much easier for me to hear those you know those subtle uh things you're mm-hmm. listening for in the speech productions, um, if they're just in front of the computer with the computer microphone, it's, I struggle. So that's something that I feel like I need to, you know, work on a little bit more. Um, especially with the non-visual sounds, like doing an R without a really good microphone (laughs) is like, it gives, it makes me nervous. I'm like, I can't
1: see. Or when you have like, uh, like some of the S's and with their lisping with the (laughs) S that can be really hard to, to catch that perfectly through if they're not using a high quality microphone.
2: Yeah. And I always tell the parents, make sure there's a a good, nice, bright light. I need to see their face because I, I'm really a visual learner. So it's like, I need to have a really good view of their mouth. And um, that's not always the case. Sometimes it's really dark rooms, but you Mm -hmm. know, it'll, it, it's fine. We all obviously adapt, but if right. I could just get like every kid a ring light, maybe yeah. that's something I need to
1: put in my budget. <laughs> Send all my kids a nice, good ring light to use. A ring, a ring light, and a mic.
0: That's right.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Well, Amanda, really appreciate all your ideas and tips and and everything that you're doing. But uh, I think the most important thing that we want to do is our moment of Zen. Are you familiar with our moment of Zen?
2: I am not
1: familiar. You'll have to tell me about Kim, it.
0: Kim didn't tell you about this, huh? I
1: didn't. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I warn him. Surprise. He never warms anybody. So,
0: <laughs> so we have we okay. have three three lists uh, of questions for you. Um, Okay. 10 questions each and we have list a b and c and it's just a way to get to know you even more so you want okay. list a b or c
2: um i'll do b b mm. i'm a middle okay. child so b sounds perfect.
0: <laughs> i thought you were going to do a for amanda but it's okay you oh. can choose b that's fine <laughs> um so first question is would you describe yourself as an introvert or an extrovert?
2: Oh, well, most people assume I'm an extrovert because I do have a very strong personality, but I actually am more introverted. I can just turn it on, but then I need to go lay horizontal in a dark room for a day <laughs> to recover. So I'm a little bit of, I'm an extroverted introvert, I think is what they call it.
1: But
0: what's, what, most what's people the... just
1: think I'm I've I've heard both omnivert and omnivert. ambivert. And, oh, there you go. There <laughs> you go. Oh. the There we go. Yep.
2: That. Yep. yep.
0: Cool. Um, next question: What's the best compliment you've received?
2: Um. Well. <laughs> The first thing that popped in my head, which is what I'll go for on my 40th birthday, I made all of my teenage sons say one thing they like about me because, you know, they never talk to me. And, and my youngest said, well, you just never get embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of true. <laughs> I don't know. But that was the nice thing about me. But it's true. I'm like, I, I don't typically get embarrassed. I'm, you know, anyways, so I thought that was a fun compliment. So I don't know why that popped in my head because I think it just made me laugh.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Um, Who has been the most influential person in your life and how did he or she impact?
2: Well, I mean, not to be cliche, but my mother, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she's, I come from a, my parents don't have a lot of money. We actually, I actually grew up on welfare and I was the first generation college. However, my mom, she worked multiple jobs. She did babysitting, ironing people's clothes, cleaning people's houses to give me everything I ever wanted to the point where I didn't know as until I was in high school that we were even different or, you know, not on the same level as most of the people in my school. Um, I always got scholarships to things. I had a she would um, we were really involved in our church and she would you know rally all the people in the church to help like send me to camp or she did all of those things. And I didn't even know. So. I would say her and she's the most loving, accepting person Um, we've had. I've had a lot of friends because I came from a religious background, have parents who um, maybe not accept them or, you know, um, and my mom just takes them in, you know. And so that's Mm -hmm. something I truly love about her. She's inspiring. And uh, yeah, I I mean, I really do think I have the best mother. I'm sorry, everyone, but (laughs) she's a gem and she's funny and she, you know. She's just a, she's just
0: a great person. So that's wonderful. That's great. My kids will never say that about me, but that's, that's good. That's good. (laughs) You're the best mother. (laughs) I'm the best friend. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Maybe, maybe they will. Um, Oh, here's next question is what do people misunderstand most about you?
2: Well, I, okay. So this one's kind of a, a weird one, but I have a very dry, sarcastic sense of humor. So I end up offending people when I don't realize it. <laughs> and, um, as I, have you know, become an, you know, later in my adult years, I've actually had friends and coworkers who have taken me aside and said, Hey, you're really hurting our feelings. You take jokes way too far. And I'm like, really? But my family's like that. So I grew up <laughs> in this really joking And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people misunderstand that part of me. Um, I never, you know, I never mean to offend, but I'll always apologize if I do. Um, But I think (laughs) that's maybe that. I don't know.
0: (laughs) That's fine. That's fine. Um, What's something surprising that you've learned about yourself?
2: Oh, about myself. (laughs) Um. Surprising. That's an interesting question. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I think as I'm like I said, I turned 40 this past year. I think um I'm I'm a teen mom. I I've always was that little kid mom. Like that I thrived in that. Like I was the woman with three adorable little boys, and then all of a sudden I have all this free time. My kids don't really care if I'm around or not like they you know but in that moment I have I mean I have developed so many things I have Mm -hmm. you know so I think just um when I realized that my whole life isn't about these little kids I mean obviously I still love my children but there are so much there's so many other things I could be doing and I've Mm -hmm. that's kind of been a really cool thing to see that not that my kids were holding me back because that time in my life was for them. But now as I'm becoming an empty nester, I'm sending one to college in a month. Um, Mm. I'm realizing that there's so much more, I have so much more potential and I'm not like, I haven't even began, which is really weird because I've done a lot with my career when they were little, but I was just so tired all the time and stressed. Mm. (laughs) Right. So maybe that, maybe just rising to this new, new time in my life. And, uh, you know, not settling and staying in the same thing. I could have stayed in that career until I retired. Mm-hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it just right. wasn't my personality. You know, I needed to do other things.
0: Right. That's, that's exciting. I mean, it's like a, a, a new you kind of thing, you know?
2: Yeah, it's weird. It's so weird because, my, you know, I've always just been such a mom person. That was my, almost my personality is I'm being this mother. And I, I know I'll always be a mom, but... Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't have, like my, I call my mom every day. My brother never calls my mom. So I'm like, is, am I even going to get phone calls? I may not even get phone calls.
1: Because you've got boys.
0: You'll have, have one. You'll have one that will stay in constant contact.
1: <laughs> or live in your yeah. basement. I hope or I- live in your basement.
0: <laughs> Trust me. Or, you know, and the other two will kind of do their own thing. Yeah. That's yeah. my prediction. Yeah okay my 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 family had three boys, so I had two brothers, so
2: oh yeah. nice yeah, yeah.
0: So, and and my mother always said that boys are easier to raise than girls,
2: yeah, so. I have nieces that I'm super close with. um, another weird fact about my life. my sister actually had twins when she was sixteen, and it was a big shocker to our family. And, you know, we were in a big church thing. And so that was mm-hmm. just a big, okay, here. So this is now what we're doing. And when they were two to three years old, they actually came and lived with me because my sister was doing her own thing. So I have these two twins that I kind of helped raise. So mm-hmm. they're like my children. It's a boy sure. and girl. So my niece, who's 21, she's like a daughter to me. And she's mm-hmm. she's like, well, it's sad. She's my best friend. She's the only person I hang out with now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But so but she's been difficult. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I can get I mean, I would imagine if I had to live with her 24 seven, or especially through her high school years, she usually spends weekends with me and then summers Mm -hmm. with me. But if I had to do that every day, yeah, I can see how it could be a little bit more difficult. Now the boys oh, drive on. me nuts. So I mean You guys are
1: making me feel bad. I have three <laughs> daughters. The oldest is eleven. Oh. So we're heading in. We're heading oh. in. But it was it was so sweet at Camp this week. She was like, Mom, what are we gonna wear so we can match each other? And I was like, I am just gonna soak this in that you still like your mom. You want to match mm-hmm. with me. <laughs> This is not gonna last. Yes. So I'm just gonna soak yeah. it
0: in. <laughs> Next year, not so much.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not.
2: <laughs> right. Well, I told I thought my niece was gonna stop wanting to hang around with me. She's 21, and this I, she changed her permanent address to my house because she goes to college <laughs> near me. So, I mean, I get her mail, but she's actually in school to be a speech therapist. So, uh, oh, that's great! So exciting.
1: I'm still trying yeah, to talk great. one of my nieces I, into that, too. I have a, I have a lot of older nieces, too, and I'm trying to talk that in. But I got cool aunt yeah. points because I took them all to Taylor Swift in Las Vegas. So I go. got some oh. cool points for that. <laughs> How did you even get tickets? That's crazy. Uh, by the grace of God.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, that's definitely a cool point. Yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: For sure um let's see oh do you have a favorite quote or motto oh quote
2: or motto um i mean i would say uh, if one of my uh, quotes or mottos about not letting workplaces take advantage of you that's kind of what i like live mm-hmm. by and try to tell you you know not even the younger generation coming up anybody um, is that would probably be bad? It's you know, don't let a work, you know, your job take over your personal life. It's uh, it's so important to have that separate. You know, people always say work life balance is a myth, and it's not. You just have to create whatever it is for you. Now, if you're right. a workaholic and you love it and it brings you joy and peace to work, because people look at me and they're like, Mandy, you're working all the time. I'm like, designing a children's book is not work for me. This mm-hmm. is it's my joy. Right. So yeah, I may be working, but it's not it's not it's for me. It's not for some clinic, some company, some school district. So anyways, right. I would say at this point in my life that is my motto. Yep. That's like good.
0: It. How would you define success?
2: Well, I would say it was probably related to my motto. I think success is finding a, you know, a job you love, but also having time for family and friends because Oh, I saw a really good quote. I might change my mind of this. It was like, no one's going to remember you stayed like late except your family and friends. Like none of your bosses are going to remember, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think if you can find a place where you have that time for yourself, you get to recharge you um, and, and you're happy at the job. I think that's success. Just being happy. And to me, happiness is being with my family and my dogs. And just, um, you know, helping people. So I think if you can find that balance. And I know people always say, you know, that's, that's easier said than done. But it, mm-hmm. it's up to you to cre- create it. It's Nobody's going to do it for you. It's not going to, like, people are like, there's no jobs like that, Mandy. I'm like, yeah, there. you have to set boundaries and create it for yourself. And, you know, yeah. and it's right. just, uh, so that's an ongoing thing. I think it's uh, it doesn't happen overnight. But
0: Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a good all good. Um what's the best advice a mentor ever gave you about work or life?
2: Um I probably, you know, I, I sound like I'm on the same uh, tune fine. on this all the, but I had a, you know, I was a single mother when I started grad school. I had uh, I actually graduated with my bachelor's nine months pregnant started grad school single two months later with a two month old I worked at CPS both while I was in grad school I was a social worker the whole time well not the whole time obviously when I did my last externship I had to quit CPS but I did that but it took me like almost four years but I had um one of my uh supervisors tell me that you know I you are very ambitious you you know you have these goals and it's a beautiful thing but your that child, you, that kid you have, you know, he's only gonna be little once. And so, you know, make, you know, make sure you are not overdoing it. So that's why I decided to do grad school very, very part time. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I would have never se- seen my baby his first three years of life. And those are very important years. So um, just making time for yourself. And you don't necessarily even have to have a family for this to apply. But whatever you have in your life, that's important, whether it's sitting in a hammock reading, make sure you you know, have that time. So I think when she kind of, you know, anytime I had to call in or my baby was sick, she's like, it's fine. You know, that baby's first. And I was like, okay. You know, so I think, you know, kind of, Another cliche
1: answer. Sorry, I'm just all about rambling and saying cliche.
0: Yeah, that's perfect.
1: I feel like that's almost not cliche in our field because I feel like, right, right. You know, because I went to grad school with people that had kids and they got very different messages from some, not you, Todd. (laughs) but from some of our um, clinical supervisors and things like that, that they were told like, we don't care. This comes first. Mm -hmm. Grad school's first. We don't care. And so I'm so glad that you had a professional in your realm that told you that. And, you know, and now we can be the professionals that say that to other people because we know, we know what really matters.
2: Well, the interesting thing, this woman, when I, my book was published, I actually drove it to her where she's working now she's not with the university and she got the first signed copy because like without her if she didn't believe in me and put up with me needing all of those special arrangements because I was a single mom I wouldn't be where I am at and Mm -hmm. I actually had a professor in grad school when I was pregnant who told me you you need to settle for an SLPA because you will never make it in grad school being single mom and uh that was really harsh to hear. And I went and told this other woman who was, ended up being a clinical supervisor, and she was like, uh uh-uh, uh, no. So I had both in the same department. department. I had both yep. spectrums, you know? Yep. Yes. I'm like, Ooh. Luckily, I didn't listen to the other one.
0: That's good. They, they should be fired.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you know, what's an interesting story. He would not pass me on a speech science, like, you know, the instrumentation class. We had to do this project. I redid it three times. He kept failing me on it. And I was like, oh, I was going to uh, Florida actually. And I was on the plane and this man next to me dropped us glasses and I picked them up for him. And he's like, you look so familiar. And I'm like, oh, I go to WT. He goes, oh, I'm the dean of the grad school. And I was like, can I tell you a story? And I told him all about my experience. And I passed that. I don't know how if there was a phone call made, but I mean, what a coincidence, right? It, it was like meant to I'm be sure anyway. Right?
0: A coincidence.
2: <laughs> On that fourth time, I passed that baby. So, but it was that's just one of those things in my life that happens where I'm just like. You know, it was, I was meant to be in that seat in that airplane a because I was at, right? on my. Yes, yes, exactly.
0: Good for you. And, and maybe the dean called, maybe not, but good. <laughs> maybe not. Good. Maybe not. Knowing you could just talk about the situation to the dean of the graduate school. Yep.
1: Yep.
0: That is, that is yeah. awesome. Um, yes. Do you have a hack that you've discovered that works well? Could be any kind of hack: home, life, work, cooking.
2: Okay, <laughs> definitely not doesn't. cooking. I don't care. My husband, <laughs> doesn't, husband,
0: doesn't matter. <laughs> husband said husband not cooking. The,
2: <laughs> yeah, he does all the grocery shopping and cooking um, oh, because I nice. am so
1: terrible at it. That, yeah, that's so he's the life a really hack. Find cook. a husband who does. That. <laughs> I like the one you shared earlier yeah. too about not putting your uh, work email on your phone. I think uh, that's I a good—that's a good one.
2: I was speaking at a convention on this topic. Um, I was uh, the keynote at the Oklahoma convention, uh, state convention, and I said, mm-hmm. "Everyone, hold up your cell phones right now!" So they're all holding up. I go, "Find your work email app and point to it." So they're all like, you know, going like this. I said, "Delete it," and they're like, "No!" I'm what? like, "Do it." <laughs> Only two people did. I was like, you guys, (laughs) come on. It'll be okay. Monday morning. uh, Oh, here's my other hack. Uh, I have another Mm -hmm. one related to the same thing. Mm -hmm. Always, always set your automatic reply when you're out. Always do it. So many people don't. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're out for whatever reason, if it's a vacation, you're sick, whatever, put an auto reply with the number of someone they can call in case it's a parent with an urgent need. And then forget about it and then check your email when you get back. Cause I had a I have SLPs comment on my post about this stuff saying when I was out on medical leave, the text and emails I was getting from my supervisor was giving me so much anxiety. Um, right. I had to go on anxiety medication. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah. well, see, this is when you would just block their number until you're back at work right. or, and don't oh, check your email.
1: I got I got text messages when I was in the hospital after having my baby mm. that was like, we had this IEP and there's a problem with the eval that you did and you said they qualified and they didn't qualify and we don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm literally in the hospital. I just had a baby. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause
2: I mean, and like I say, most of these people are not doing it with like really malicious intentions. They're just trying to get their stuff done too. Too, But if you don't set those boundaries, that stuff will keep happening. So Mm -hmm. just set that auto reply and don't think about work email. I mean, now, unless you're working in a, you know, highly medical situation, most things can wait till Monday, most things, you know, I mean, and if it's that serious, they're going to find your cell phone and call you personally, you know, that's kind of my theory on it
0: good point good point excellent last question if heaven exists if heaven exists what do you want to hear god say when you enter the pearly gates
2: (laughs) um you you know you had a good go of it mandy good job you had a good go of it
0: (laughs) that's awesome well yeah i mean what more can you ask right
2: Yep. right yeah well, i mean because def- there's definitely not uh you know he's i i would hope he wouldn't say you know uh let's have a discussion about a couple of things but in general good.
0: <laughs> there's a couple little issues we need to discuss before you move <laughs> any further
2: yeah mm-hmm. yes
0: well amanda Mandy, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been great. And and best of luck with everything you're doing. It's so impressive. And you're so inspiring. So we really appreciate you being with us.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been fun to chat. I really like this is a great like just fun conversation.
1: Yep. And awesome. if people haven't found you on Instagram, tell us where they can find you and where they can find their your book.
2: So my Instagram handle is at Panda speech, all one word. So my name rhymes with a panda. It's my favorite animal. People always ask me why, but my mother called me Demanda Amanda Panda, which <laughs> I don't know why she would do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, just at Panda speech and then shop You can find my uh, board books or any of my other resources. Um, I also, t- I also have a teacher's pay teacher store. Um, and a couple of like Boom Learning Store, you know, I'm kind of a little bit everywhere, but shoppandaspeech.com will get you to any of the places. The best thing is to sign up for my email list because I send out lots of cool announcements, freebies, all that kind of stuff. So that's the best way to keep up with me.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, as you develop more to conquer the world, come back and talk to us about
1: it. Yep. I'd love to, thanks.
0: Well, thank you, Mandy, for joining us on the podcast, and I recommend everyone going over and checking out what she's doing at pandaspeechtherapy.com. And a quick announcement. As you know, doing a podcast is so much fun, and Kim and I really enjoy doing this each week. But unfortunately, developing and producing and editing a podcast isn't free. There's always costs involved with equipment, with other people's time that have to be paid for their time. And so we're moving into some advertising and we'll be using some advertising going forward probably in the next few weeks, probably about mid-show. We'll just insert uh, one or two ads. Now, that's great because other podcasts may pass those costs on to you our subscribers and our listeners. And I don't want to do that. So if you don't mind tolerating and supporting our advertisers, because when you do that, it helps support the podcast. So just want to give you a heads up that that was coming and we'll be adding some ads to episodes, probably about mid-episode or so. So with that, thank you again for joining us and please leave us that five-star review. It's always very, very helpful and most appreciated. Until next time, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network.